Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into another edition of Brewcast and a bit of an emergency Brewcast here today. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. And unfortunately, guys, we're uh, we're doing this. We were supposed to have this was supposed to be our last, I guess, bye week sort of thing. We were taking a couple weeks off to to regroup, but uh, the news today forced us into this. So I will welcome in Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. And guys, uh, great talking to you as always, but I kind of wish it it wasn't the case given the the source material subject matter. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. So in the last whatever it's been, um, five or six days since we had the news that Brandon Peters was going to transfer and then uh, they had the quarterback commit the uh, the four or five star kid. I forget what his ranking is over the weekend. I kind of was like, maybe I should text the guys and see if we should come back to talk quarterbacks because we actually have football stuff to do. And I was going to do that. I was like, I'll sleep on it. And Monday morning, I'll wake up and see what happens. And so Monday today, I literally wake up and, you know, do the normal thing. Let the dog out, feed the dog, feed myself. And I sit down and I, I go on Twitter and I see the initial tweet about John Beeline going to the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers from Woj. And I'm like, that's, this is a little odd because there are a billion fake Woj counts out, out there. 
Um, right. And all of a sudden on my phone, I'm getting the push notification from ESPN, from CBS Sports, uh, I think from Bleacher Report too, This that this was a very real thing. It's something that was happening. And, and it I kept... I kept hoping that that wasn't the case. Um, but before the morning was over, John Beeline tweeted out a farewell, really to not much fanfare at all. Uh, and I know Michigan basketball had tweeted stuff out today, but it was a pretty quiet day, in my opinion, for what it could have been. I mean, this is, and we'll get into reactions and stuff here in a bit, but. Um, you know, I did a radio hit earlier today and they asked for my initial thoughts. Like I still have not come down from the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a high or, or a, a buzz or whatever it is. I cannot believe we're having this conversation today. I, I'm absolutely stunned um, that John Beeline, the greatest coach in the history of Michigan basketball, a guy who belongs, who still will belong on the Mount Rushmore of, coaches in any sport at that university is leaving the program that he built into a top 15 program for the 19 and 63 Cleveland Cavaliers. I can't, I'm, I'm absolutely floored by this. Yeah. Um, well, this, this is Chris. Uh, hi guys. I w- wish you could be talking to you under different circumstances, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had kind of a similar experience. I had work at 9am today. And uh, at 8.50, like I was, I was like, all right, let me check, you know, as I do check Twitter one more time before I head out. I'm sure there's nothing on there as is, you know, customary for people still whining about Thrones on a Monday, which is probably annoying Um, for someone that doesn't watch uh, it. eh, It's whatever, you know, it's, it's popular. It's fine. Um, But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, there was that two second and thank God for the blue check mark, the, the verification mark on Twitter. Um, because there was that two second initial reaction when you read the initial report from Woj that, uh, you went, okay, this is fake. And, uh, and then you see the blue check mark and it's, it's verified and you see it in multiple sources. And in about two minutes, I went from, all right, I, like I digested this very quickly. Now I got to make a video and I got to head to work. And, uh, the rest of the day has kind of been a daze. It's been, uh, it's very, very strange. And, and I think, um, you know, why this is so shocking, um, is that there's, I think there's a couple of reasons and we'll get into them, but I think one of the big ones is that, um, I don't know about you guys, I, but I felt like once he turned down the Pistons last year, um, he was, he was here to stay. Uh, it, it seemed like that everything had lined up perfectly for him to go to Detroit, uh, after last season. Uh, and it sounds like now that reports are coming out now that he was, it sounds like he was very, very close to doing that. Um, but decided to come back. He was never officially offered the job. I think maybe if he was, yeah, we might have been having this conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, Burt Manuel has come out and said, or is it, wait, it's a Burt, Ward Manuel, I'm sorry. Um, I was thinking of Burt <laughs> Ward, the actor who played, uh, Robin on the original, uh, Batman TV series. Uh, Ward Manuel nice. came out and, uh, 
said that they had already come up with a list of potential replacements uh, before, you know, at the end of last season, thinking that Beeline might uh, go to Detroit. So uh, there's that. Okay, yeah, that was the that was. I don't think he said that. I think no, I'm no, not please like do. Trying to fact check you, I'm just. Uh, that was, uh, I believe, Nick Baumgartner re- uh, reported that. Just said like a source with knowledge of the situation. So, um, yeah, no, he did not. He only did. He did make the one statement. Say we'll read that here in a bit. Um, and I think he was. People were saying he. I didn't see anything before we went on, but he was supposed to speak at like the athletic directors yeah. meetings in Chicago, but no, I don't think that happened. Um, um, but, and I think the other reason this is such surprise is like when, you know, we heard about him interviewing with the Pistons and there was kind of like a slow build to that, where if it would, if the news would have come that he was going to Detroit, it wouldn't have been shocking. This came out of nowhere. I mean, there was no rumors he'd even interviewed. Um, this was completely under wraps and, uh, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird day, uh, a lot of feelings for sure. Um, a lot of emotional, a lot of emotions. Um, it was an unbelievable tenure, uh, and it's, it's too bad. It couldn't continue. Yeah. I was like you, Chris, I was on my way to work eight fifty or whatever. And I had someone text me something. Actually, someone texted me. It was like, kill me now. And I was like, well, that's a weird, that's a weird Jesus, thing to get night, because last night's game of Thrones. So it wasn't that bad. Right. I, I was I, like, I was still arguing about Thrones this morning on my way to work. So I was just going and, and enjoying it. And then I saw the watch bomb and I had to, I had to like double, triple check to make sure it wasn't that sports talk Joey guy or whatever likes yeah. to do that, you know? So I was, I was like, wait, is this blue check mark for real? Like I was running forensic analysis on seeing if that blue check mark was you like, did, you did not get had by Barry McCockner. Yeah, exactly. And then, man, turned out to be true. And I'm not going to lie. It's just like, it's a lot of sadness. It's a lot of hurt. So, and I'm not mad at John Beeline by any stretch of the imagination. No. I don't blame him one bit, to be quite honest. I know a lot, of, there's some portion of the fan base that, that is, but hey, it's a, it's a new challenge for him. I thought some of his concerns for the college game were really laid out uh, in the article. So, it, like, it is what it is. And, and I wish John Beeline nothing you know, but good luck and success with the Cavaliers. But it it was the blind side, like Chris just alluded to, was the thing that got me the most. Like, it, it just came out of nowhere. It hit me like a slap in the face. And it felt like I lost a loved one today. You know, like, John, uh, it's just. Well, it's, it, it's funny. I, I got a tweet from someone who had said, um, you know, because I tweeted out the story of, you know, potential candidates to replace John Beeline at Michigan, and which we'll talk about soon. But someone had tweeted me and said, like, yeah, is this or are we inside like the five year time jump from from endgame? Like, did that happen somewhere along the line? Um, what it's just and I'll say this like, I, I know I don't think we're really going to get emotional here. Uh, so if you're looking for a reaction podcast, and I know every outlet has kind of done one or is working on one at this point, but if, if you're looking for like the raw emotions of it, I don't, I don't quite know that they're there yet. Um, for me personally, I, I think in our business, our line of work, so to speak, um, something like this happens, you don't have a whole lot of time to sit. Yeah. 
and wallow in your feelings because it's all right. We need to get this initial story up. We need to get candidates up and, and shout out to the entire staff today. Uh, everyone kind of stepped up. I think we put out like 14 John Beeline related pieces of content uh, with more on the way. Um, just really proud of how everyone stepped up in general. And I'm not here to like flex or, or pat anyone on the back, but um, that was the type of day it was where it was just nonstop. Really everyone sort of had a hand in it and, and, um, you know, obviously you guys are a part of it now being here on the pod and all that. So uh, really good team effort in that regard. So I think a lot of us didn't just really didn't have time to, to sit and feel about it. Like, well, I think when we get to the, the portion where we start going, all right, let's start doing the, the, the legacy posts, the thank you, John Beeline posts, though, you know, what his time meant, um, it's just all so fresh and so raw right now. Um, I- I'll be honest. I mean, it's in my head personally, when we said we were going to do this little hiatus, there was, it was going to take some sort of nuclear holiday for us to come out of that. Cause I just, I think we all needed the break. Uh, but this was the one in, you know, 14 million possibilities that resulted in that. So um, I'm glad to be here. I don't want it to sound like a funeral. I know we kind of opened sounding sad. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot in this it is rundown. Sad, man. It, like, like it is. It is sad. It, it absolutely is sad. It is sad. Uh, and it's it also, I mean, let's just hop right into um, – you know, initial, uh, our initial takeaways on it here. If this was going to happen, which this is now, it might be a soft reboot if they just kind of stay in house or they were to hire a Laval Jordan, which I, I don't think Laval Jordan will happen. Um, I don't think so. Um, so, but if they were to do some sort of keep it in the family type route, that would be the soft reboot. There's a good possibility. This is a straight up like hard reset and a reboot. Whereas you look at the outlook of this team now, um, since the season is over, we knew that Charles Matthews was going to go pro. We figured Iggy Brazdakis would go pro. And I don't think we all really thought that Jordan Poole was realistically going to go pro. He lost all three of those guys now. And Luke, I believe you, I think you hinted at this in the open. You talked about how John Beeline, you know, there were some things with the the current state of college basketball that sort of turned him off. There was the report that, um, I'll, I'll look for the tweet so I can read it you know, in depth more, but basically he was just kind of turned off by everything that's going on. The new, the new NBA draft rules, the, the inability to keep guys around because it is easier for you to poke around and get NBA draft feedback. Now you can't enter yourself in the draft and that uncertainty and that um, fluidity to the building of a roster is, you know, for a guy that's starting to kind of get burned out on recruiting, which it certainly seems like there's part of that there, um, I understand it. 
I totally understand that. Um, you know, it's John, the type of program that John Beeline has built and that John Beeline has run is one that, you know, it's not the one and done thing where you can just plug in and reload every year. It's usually a process. There's usually uh, after they reach peak status, there's a couple years where it takes some time again to find themselves and, and for guys to, to grow into, into different roles and develop from, you know, freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, sometimes junior to senior year. And less and less of that is happening. When you're a program that's built on that, I can totally understand but why the, that would burn At the end out. of the day, man, he, he's been hurt by his own success. You know, like he didn't he didn't expect Trey Burke to leave after year two, almost leave after year one. He didn't expect a guy like Nick Stauskas, what was he, the 100th rated player coming out of high school, to leave after his second year. He hasn't expected all these guys that he develops to leave so quickly. He, he doesn't really, he's not, he hasn't looked that far ahead because he just didn't expect it to happen. And remember, you know, the year after Stauskas left, I mean, they didn't even make the NIT that year with like Spike Albrecht, you know, leading leading the charge. Karras went down; he was hurt and whatnot. So I, I don't think he wanted to go through that again. And I think he's seen the writing on the wall of what this year's going to be. Like like you just said, Anthony, that's what he wants to do. He wants to develop a program. He wants guys to stay for three years, you know, two to three years, and develop as players. And his team develops, and he recruits. For exactly that, he doesn't go get the one and done guys. You know, he he just doesn't. So, it's I can understand where he's coming from, one hundred percent. And he's been he's been hurt by his own success in being too good of a coach, almost. You know, at the end of the day, especially with developing individuals. So, uh, that's kind of where we're at here, which is it's so weird. Yeah, I guess I to think even, the thought even I was, say anything like that. I didn't finish this thought because I started rambling, but. I think that when you look like at, a, at a guy like John Beeline, he probably only has about um, – now, I, I mean, I think he can coach as long as he wants to. But realistically, I could see maybe only coaching for four or five more years. But when you look at what was coming back to Ann Arbor, and I'm not blaming the kids that are there right now, uh, but when you look at maybe the stresses of having to fill out that, that roster, um, figure things out um, personnel-wise and do all this, I, I, I'm sort of worried that maybe that four or five years he thinks he has left or that he realistically has left as a coach. Maybe all of that gets sucked out of him after a potential year, like the one that could be coming up for them. Um, so if I only have a couple of years left to coach, am I going to stay and maybe be stressed out for a few more years and maybe make another run? And, and I, I have all the confidence in the world that he would have been able to do that at Michigan because that's what he's shown the last um, you know, seven or eight years and ability to do. Or if I get this opportunity where, you know, he's coached, he's never been an assistant coach. He's been a head coach at every single level of basketball that he has coached in. And now you get to check off one final box. And, and let's be honest, like if slash when the cat, the Cleveland Cavaliers get good again, he's not going to be the coach that's there yeah. when they have, you know, if they turn into, you know, a contender in the East or, or someone yeah. who can get back to the NBA finals, like that's probably not it for like what, what's going to happen with him. Uh, I hope it does because I want him to get, I would love nothing more for him to get some sort of championship before he walks, walks away from the game. But people ask, you know, why Cleveland? And it, it's, 
I get the frustration with that as well because it's, let's face it, I know it's different sports, but it has not exactly been a calendar year for Michigan coaches bolting Ann Arbor for the state of Ohio. Um, so I think there's a li- that that adds to the hurt a little bit more. Um, but people, you know, people are asking why Cleveland? Like, why was that the place to go? They're gonna get probably a top three or four pick, maybe the top pick overall in the draft. So you're gonna get if you don't get Zion Williamson, you might get Ja Morant, or you might get one of these you know, these superstar type players to build around because I think we've talked about this before. This NBA draft really looks like a draft where if you don't get one of those top four guys, it it might get a little iffy for you. Um, So the Cavs are probably going to get one of those guys after the year they had. Colin Sexton is a young guard that they have that, um, you know, you're excited to, to see if John, the NBA is a perimeter based game now. So, and John Beeline has excelled in that area. And he's excelled at developing guards. So I really am interested in, and part of me would have been interested in seeing him take that Detroit job just because I think the style of basketball that he does bring to the table, I think you can win with that in the, um, in the NBA. Now, obviously you can like look at some of the teams that are left playing still. So uh, to me, why is it Cleveland? Like it's that, I think he, I really think he just wanted to go. And if that the right opportunity came, um, I'm sure Dan Gilbert backed up the Brinks truck to him. He's got a former player of his. That's the assistant GM there. Um, it, it just, it's a good fit for him and he doesn't have to move his family that far away. Um, I think he's earned the right to, to go and check that box. I'm surprised that we didn't get any sort of breadcrumb at least last year. Like you said before, Chris, we had heard the uh, the Pistons are interested in talking to John Beeline. It was kind of a process of that. We were still holding our breath, but this went from we never got a chance to hold our breath in this one. We literally woke up and, and passed yeah. out and died. Uh, I, the, the reason I'm glad he didn't take the Pistons job is I, I just kind of a personal thing I just have against the Pistons. I, I, I They're so directionless and so aimless right. that – I, I would have felt bad for Beeline being thrown into that situation no matter what he was making. Uh, Cleveland, not good <laughs> by any means, but, uh, you know, they're in tank mode. Actually, quite yeah, bad. Yeah, but they're in tank mode, and they're slowly starting to come out of it. And I think a big part of this is, you know, Beeline probably didn't want to live with the regret of thinking, you know, I, I want, you know, what if I, what if I could have coached in the NBA? You know, he's going to get that shot. And, uh, and he deserves it, man. I mean, there's been there's been coaches far far more talent, far less talented coaches who have gotten head coaching jobs in the NBA, including one who's back in the Big Ten right now in Fred Hoiberg. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not when in hindsight, it's not as shocking as initially as you initially thought. But yeah, the, I mean, the surprising part obviously just came from the blind side of. We had n- no idea this was coming. And, I uh, am very, I guess, curious on how his coaching style is going to transition to the NBA. You know, we heard a lot about how his practices are heavily in fundamentals and footwork. And is that going to work with professional basketball players? That was that was one of the first thoughts that I had is, is how is that teaching of the game going to transition to professional NBA players and not college kids coming from high school. Like I, 
I'm not 100% sure if it's going to transition. I'm not 100% sure if John Beeline's going to even do that or if he's just going to focus on his offensive expertise to try and exploit. And because he's, he's probably not going to individually develop, you know, NBA players like he could at the collegiate level. So that's going to be uh, an interesting thing to look out for, too. Yeah, but one one thing, and this has been brought up by several guys. I know Bumgarner brought it up in, in his article, I believe. Uh, Beeline's the king of adapting. And uh, if there's one guy who I trust will be able to, you know, slightly monitor his, or, or, you know, alter his coaching style a little bit to fit yeah, into all he's ever uh, really done is the adapt. NBA, it would, I mean, he's it would done his own coaching coach B, so. Um Yeah. He did. He's, he did it several times in Michigan. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, seismic, big, you know, big time changes to to, to the program and to the team, and all you yeah, know, ultimately, we, all, pretty much all of them. We have this discussion about okay, how's uh, it going to apply to working out great the NBA or, or pro players. I think part of it is that he is getting a blank slate, so to speak. Of okay, the Cavaliers are terrible. They're rebuilding. Like after LeBron left, I think this is kind of the road they decided to go down. Um, which if you're not a contender, honestly might be the right road to go down uh, when you like, when you talk about the Pistons and things like that. Um, you've got a young guard there in, in Sexton who, like I said, if you get John ja Morant or someone like that, um, maybe a guy like that becomes disposable, but like you have, you can build a program or build something pretty much from scratch again, which is what he did at Michigan. So um, I, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. I, I don't. I know the fit is weird, and people are a little turned off by um, you know how it all went down. Um, we actually do have some audio here. I, I just put it in the, the player uh, from Ward Manual. Um, this is from where? Who is this here? Uh, sorry, this is live. This is bad stuff. Uh, this is from Matt Wenzel of M Live. So uh, Ward Manual is in Chicago. Well, well, let me let me say this, Anthony. Before you play that, how about we take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll hear from Ward Manuel, and we'll talk about potential candidates to replace him here on Brewcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Back in here on Brewcast, and as Anthony mentioned before the break, he's got some audio from Ward Manuel you know, talking John about is, John Beeline. You know, obviously a great coach. Um, 
but even a better person than you know him and Kathleen and the family. I mean, he uh, is a big part of Michigan and spent the last 12 years had great success uh, here, particularly in the last what five years. Um, so I was uh, I was surprised that he was leaving, um, and uh, I wish him well, but. Uh, it did hit me by surprise. I knew uh, some of the conversations uh, had been going on. He was very good about uh, keeping me posted that uh, there was some conversation, some talk going on, some interest uh, in having those conversations. Uh, but we're surprised about the, fi- the final outcome. Me too, Ward. Me too. And that, that, yeah. And that again is from uh, Matt Wenzel from M Live. Um, who just posted that as we started recording and, here. And did you mention uh, that? D- do we have a statement from Ward Manuel that we're ready to – are we reading that verbatim on here? Uh, I can pull it up really quick. Uh, God, we – it's not a It's not a long statement. Um, so the statement that he posted earlier today or that Michigan sent out was uh, – it's basically the same thing of what he just said. He said, I was saddened when John told me this morning of his decision to leave Michigan – for a head coaching position in the NBA. However, I am incredibly thankful for his 12 years of service to this university. Above and beyond being our all-time win- winningest coach, John is a tremendous role model for the game of college basketball. He's an outstanding educator, community member, and a man of great integrity, and he and Kathleen will be missed. My par- priority now, and I think this is the most important part of all of, of, all of it here, um, my priority now is to commence a full national search for our next basketball. And it's, uh, I, I think I saw just before we started recording, it's going to be headed by Turnkey Search Firm or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is correct. I don't yeah. necessarily know what that means. I know it's a search firm. Yeah, I, I, I know <laughs> that they're, they're pretty Thank much their job that. is uh, to, I think it's kind of just to shield Michigan, right, from it going public saying Michigan is interested. They just do, like, back channels with agents and gauge interests sort of thing. I'm pretty sure it's just a third party to kind of protect Michigan from embarrassment of rejection almost. Um, Sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I, know, I know the function of, of what they do pretty much, but it's, like, not – it's kind of boring. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what they are. It's it's very much a behind the scenes and procedural type of thing. Well, let's talk about it, man. The national search. We're, we're talking about a national search. So obviously, it. I think, you know, when you, when you think national, obviously, you can also start at home. And, and I'm wondering, you know, I, I was thinking today, I was like, does Luke Yaklich get a chance at this as well because he's done such a good job with that defense. But then again, he's never been a head coach. We don't know if he can head a program. You know, do, can they do that and kind of survive it from a PR standpoint, or do they need to go out and hit a home run hire? Like this is going to be huge for Ward Manuel because yeah. he didn't hire John Beeline and he didn't hire Jim Harbaugh. So this is this is Ward Manuel's first big kind of thing yeah, as AD at U of M. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, sorry. Well, no. Well, here's here's the thing, and this is, uh, this is what makes this particular search uh, extremely interesting. Obviously, you're replacing a legend in Beeline, but this is the first time, I mean, in what four, 40 plus forty years that a Michigan basketball coach is leaving a program is leaving the program, and the program isn't in shambles. Uh, so this is uncharted territory in that aspect. I mean that. 
uh, and that's what makes this particular search re- really interesting. And I and why I disagree when people say like, "Oh man, uh, you know, rest in peace, Michigan basketball. It's over now." I, I don't necessarily agree with that. The program is still in fairly good shape. They're still, you know, that they they've reached new heights over the last several years. It's it's an appealing job right now, which is something we haven't been able to say in a long time. Uh, as far as who I'd like, I mean, if we're just kind of going into this and and I'm glad they didn't just do the initial, okay, we're going with, you know, an inside hire, uh, bring in Yaklich and call it a day. I'm glad they're not doing that. Uh, now with any coaching search, you know, fan bases go wild, you know, speculating their theories. I want this guy. I want that guy. My, my dream hire. And I don't think this will happen, but this name's been thrown around, so I'll just say it. My dream hire would be Brad Stevens. Uh, I love Brad Stevens when he was at Butler. I thought he was crazy going to the NBA. I was wrong. He's done a pretty good job there. I know the Celtics underachieved this season, but there, there were a lot of reasons for that. Um, that would be my go-to. Now, Br- Brendan Quinn, I know, posted kind of a list of you know guys you should call no matter what, and make them say no. Uh, and he was on there. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about Stevens. I know there's been guys like Billy Donovan being thrown around. Uh, you know, we, we got to see about all that, guys. I mean, some of these guys are still in their jobs, you know, so, it, you know, we, we have to assume that they're going to leave one place and bolt to Michigan. So um, it, it's, I'm glad they're opening it up to a nationwide search. Um, I think, this is, you know, going to be one of the defining moments of the Ward Manual era as the AD at Michigan. Uh, here's hoping it goes well. I mean, Stevens is Stevens is candidate one, yeah. in my opinion, and I think he's in a tier all by himself. Uh, however, is he going to, you know, leave the situation that he's in with the Celtics? Like, I would have a hard time seeing that, regardless of what kind of money you throw at him, because he seems like he just loves coaching basketball. Like you said, I don't know. The recruiting aspect still comes into it. You know, does Brad Stevens, you know, care about recruiting? And, and I know sometimes this can be a stupid argument, but I, if you're successful in the NBA, you know, like, you can do it. if he just loves coaching basketball and doesn't have to worry about going out and getting players like Brad Stevens isn't going to leave and he's got a pretty good team in the Celtics and I don't think Boston is going to force him out the door anytime soon so Stevens is candidate one uh I think you know as people talk about Billy Donovan I've seen some terrible names out there I would oh my god I don't even know if I could watch Michigan basketball if they go inside or hire Juwan Howard for the love of god keep his name out of this Jawan howard Thank has no you. business well, why? let me let's what, explain that like i i would because i have a i have a take on him as a candidate but i'd like to hear uh, for Jawan howard you mean oh just because yeah one he's never headed a college basketball program like it's different he, he's been an assistant coach with the miami heat like it, it's whatever but like it, it's like hiring patrick ewing or you know penny it's hardaway to, to come place, back though. except so far you know georgetown History is. Uh, I mean, can we say that about Memphis? Well. Penny just got hired. He, well, he, he's recruiting just fine, but is he going to win games? Like you can recruit, you you can recruit well and still 
right not win you know and like georgetown kind of back but they're still a middling program they're never gonna return to the john thompson days no that's what i mean like i have no reason to believe jawan howard isn't gonna do anything other than fuck it up what john beeline has (laughs) built at michigan stunned by like that strong of wording because I have no reason to believe he'll do anything other than that because John Beeline has turned the program into a national recruiting footprint, a national prominence-type program. This. Hold on. Calm, calm yourself down, baby. I'm going to yes. calm you down. <laughs> um, to, to, we just talked about Brennan Quinn. To his point, someone made a mention to him earlier today on Twitter about how they don't want a downgrade at head coach. The best head basketball coach in the history of your program, the winningest, the the best teacher, uh, the best developer of talent, a guy who led them to unprecedented success is not here anymore. So we need to lower our expectations a little bit because Now, don't get me wrong. You need good coaches to have good programs, period. But I'm see I see people out there going, yeah, it it ain't go give Jay Wright a blank check and go get Tony Bennett a blank check and and Brad Stevens. It's it's not that easy. And and the era of Michigan basketball that we are exiting right now is who knows if Michigan basketball gets back to that. Now, they have the resources in play. If they take this seriously and they throw the money at it that I think they can throw at it, they should be able to land a very good head coach. Uh, but to to expect when we have this discussion about we want people to come in who can continue or hold up to the standard of, of what John Beeline built, that's an impossible standard to live up to. At least, like, think about what Michigan is and the construct of what all of this is. Like, oh, they. But can they keep it afloat? That's my question. Like, Chris. Chris Beard just signed a huge extension, but he's only getting paid four and a half million dollars a year. Like, like Michigan could pay him six, and I guarantee Chris Beard comes to coach, be the head coach at University of Michigan. You know, and Chris Beard has a track record of success with Juwan Howard. It's not there like like John Beeline, you know, you you heard it all along. Oh, he was never an assistant coach at any level, you know, like and that's not going to happen. But I want someone with some head coaching experience, which is why if Luke Yaklich doesn't get the job, Uh, I I won't be terribly. I I don't want you to take my defending of John Juwan Howard as me saying, oh, that's the guy to go get. It's not. He'd probably be like option four or five for me. I'm just saying like. I don't want to get. I don't want to dig my heels in and get into the stance of, oh well, if Juwan Howard's the guy, we're going back to yeah. sixteen or seventeen wins a year and and hoping that no. that everything. No. Well, okay. So so let me ask. Let me ask this: If Juwan Howard didn't play at U of M, would anyone even be close to considering him as the head coach? Probably not. No. Then he shouldn't just the fact that he played on the fab five team should not put him in line to be the head coach at the school. Like if he wouldn't be considered for it, if he hadn't played at the school, I, that should cross him off the list. Like that is the substance of the coaching on the flip side though. If you could 
and I'm just, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'm trying to, I'm trying to create content here. Um, if I told you unnamed NBA assistant X, who was thought to be, I mean, mentioned in a lot of these head coaching openings for the NBA this year. I know he was talked about in the Lakers job. He may have been linked to the Cavs job. I'm not sure, but a guy who some people think at some point in the next year or so might have his own NBA team. Does that not still at least warrant someone who should be considered? Nah, man. Cause I've watched Fred Hoiberg in the NBA. Okay. Well, yeah, garbage. there's a lot of garbage like, coaches in the NBA. Um, yeah, but we have to look at this too. And I don't want to turn this into a Juwan Howard segment, but um, I'm just right. defending, like I'm prepared. Like, like I love, I love Juwan Howard. No, honestly, I'm not, I, I I'm do. not taking, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying when you, it depends on what they're looking for, because I think, yeah, you're right. If he was not a quote unquote Michigan man, which oh, I can't even believe we're having that sort of discussion here. I, that's um, yeah. I, maybe that's part of it too that's for what, me. That, you know? I mean, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth, the Michigan man thing, but also kind of have to give Ward the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't failed a coaching search yet, but he hasn't had a big one. Uh, I think, I think him hiring Nell Pearson to replace red pair, red Berenson was a good hire, uh, but that's really the only major one. Um, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. make no moans about it. I know hockey is big at Michigan, but it's a tick below basketball and football. And it just is. Um, I think to be successful in, today's college of basketball, you're going to have to recruit well. And when you have someone who can be both a salesman of the program and someone who can sell results or, you know, NBA experience in getting kids to come there because yeah. he, they, he can get you to the NBA. I'm just saying like, keep an eye on Juwan Howard is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I would, I would hate the hire. I'd be incredibly underwhelmed. I really would because I, I, I brought up, I brought up Hardaway, and I'll, I'll let you go here, Chris, in a sec. But I brought up Hardaway, and I brought up Patrick Ewing. The difference between those programs and where Michigan's at right now is those programs were desperate. They were trying. Memphis obviously trying to get back to the Calipari type standard, and you know Georgetown trying to get back to the John Thompson type standard. They haven't been there in a while. Michigan's at the top tier of college basketball currently they have good players still on that roster they have the facilities they have the money they have the national prominence and recruiting footprint Juwan Howard might be a a guy that could get some recruits but at the end of the day do I trust him more than say Chris Beard or even Luke Yachlich or Billy Donovan or Brad Stevens you know I would like to see him have a head coaching job somewhere else first. Correct. Correct. Um, and that's what it all, all it really boils down to. Because it might be um, too big for him right away, like as your yeah. first head coaching opportunity. Yeah. Um, Michigan should be a destination, not a stepping stone. And I guess in that regard, it, it sort of, I guess that goes against like being okay with what John Beeline decided to do. I think that's a little bit different because I think he earned the right to do whatever he wants. But um, as we saw with Brady Hoke, as we've seen with other coaches and other sports, this job is too big for this job, this university, the expectations is too big for you. If you're not up to the task, if you're not qualified to do it, I'm not so sure Juwan Howard is at this point. Um, but I, if you're, you're, you may very well see his name pop up 
in this search, however long it takes. I'd expect this to probably take a week to 10 days to, to maybe two weeks. Um, we're also part of the weird timing of this too, is that the coaching carousel is done in college basketball. It's been done for like a month or so. So part of the problem is that now you you will be talking to coaches who are in entrenched in the places that they're at and they're busy right now making their plans for the summer and, and you know, setting the things for what they're going to be doing with their teams. And um, some of them might be preparing for trips like Michigan has taken uh, going to Europe and whatnot. So it's awkward right now. The timing of this is all awkward. Um, I'm just, my message is to really, I really would just caution people to, if they don't walk out of this with, you know, don't make yourself look like UCLA fans who expected to get John Calipari because we're UCLA. Look at us. And mind you, UCLA is in much worse spot as a program than Michigan is. But um, Jay Wright's not coming here. Rick Pitino should not be coming here. Um, Yeah. Is that serious? Like, are there, I I think there are pockets full of people, but um, it's fun. So I did the coaching candidates piece for the website and I did Rick. I mean, I ranked it from like most likely to least likely. I put Rick Pitino at the very end and I really considered just saying no and leaving it. No. Um, but I, I, you yeah. know, I said, you don't sully a program's good name for someone who may tear it back down in like 15 seconds. That was my, so he's a no yeah. Jay Wright is a no, because why would he leave Brad Stevens? If the Celtics push him out, if he becomes a, it's one of those things where he's like Brad Stevens to me is the name where the pipe, like it's the pipe dream name that you could see maybe becoming somewhat realistic in that, like the same way where Harbaugh became realistic, right. where the planets just had to, the planets had to align. Took the words out of my mouth. Happen. So he would be like that pipe dream guy. And I don't yep. think there are enough cosmic forces at play to make that happen because good or bad Michigan football and Jim Harbaugh are meant for each other. Um, Tony Bennett just won a national title. Probably yeah. like, I don't see that happening. Tony Bennett is not coming. Tony Bennett yeah. is not leaving I think Virginia. Where it might start getting a little bit more realistic is when no. you talk about Billy Donovan. Uh, again, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where in a certain scenario, I think that Michigan could make an offer that, that pulls him back to the college game. And then from there, we're talking about the, the mid-major guys. We're talking about Laval Jordan, which I'm not, I need to see more from him as a head coach. Um, Chris Beard, I'd be on board with that. I think he did a really nice job and and has done a nice job of um, not only with that elite defense, but they found the perfect mix of timely shooting and and the elite defense, which is what got them in the national title game. Um, A dark horse here that I don't think, I, I think you might start hearing some stuff about is Porter Mosier, the guy from uh, Loyola, Chicago. I know that uh, Beeline and Mosier were two guys, or Moser, Mosier, um, two guys that had a lot of respect for each other. I think someone that after Michigan sort of crossed paths with him last year, I think that someone, maybe some mental notes were taken about him. Um, you know, it's it's been recent success for him. Uh, not as long of a track record, but I think that he is someone that could be in the mix for this. Um, that I think that would be a guy that fits. Wouldn't be a name that people would go nuts over, but I think fits. 
And then from there, we're talking, you know, Yaklich or Saudi Washington. Um, Can I throw out one more out there that I, I don't know, if, I think it'd probably be realistic, but one guy that I like who I think has done a really good job at every program he's been at uh, is uh, Bobby Hurley. I, I th- and Listen, Bobby Hurley w- would be would be interesting. Yeah. I, in a, God, if the timing was just different, I think my guy would have been Nate Oates, who was really the first guy, uh, you know, obviously from Romulus High School, coached you know 10 minutes away from me. Um, took the, you know, was on Bobby Hurley's staff, took, took the Buffalo job from Bobby Hurley with Bobby Hurley left, um, and then got hired at Alabama, uh, after building Buffalo into, you know, kind of a mid-major power of sorts, um, in a different scenario and a different way of where this all went down. That would have been my number one guy. Cause I think he would have checked off all of the boxes there. Um, but Hey, he's got a job and, and he's really, the only name so far, um, you know, he came right out. He was asked about it, came right out and said, you know, I'm, you know, focused on Alabama, but I hope that one of my former assistants, uh, Saudi Washington gets, gets a shot for that job. Yeah. Um, now when we talk about Yaklich in Washington, I think everyone, there's been a lot of people that just kind of assume it would be Yaklich. Like people forget when John Beeline had his heart attack last year, um, Saudi Washington stepped in and was the interim head coach. Yeah. When he got tossed at that during the Penn State game this year, Washington was the guy yeah. um, that was like the coach for the rest of that game. So if it if they did this in house, he would be the guy. And again, I don't I don't hate that if they stay the course. Uh, my my biggest concern with that is that if you stay in house with one of those guys who, let's face it, are still unproven we might be doing this again in a couple of years right. and hoping that someone will take Michigan's money. Right. And I, that's the one downside to me of a Brad Stevens hire would be, I think it might be another stepping stone for him where I could see him being at Michigan for four years and then bolting again for the NBA. Uh, not saying that Washington would be that guy, but just the idea of, of not being at Michigan for super long. Um, I raises concerns. Uh, I, I, I have one more name and, and I, I, this is like where we get into fan fiction type of crap, but it's a, it's a name that's been brought up by a few people and I feel like we should address it. Do you give Tommy Amaker a call? Nope. Conversation. No. Okay. Thank I, thought, you. I thought you were Thank going you. with, cause yeah. someone texted me a name, man. Jim, Arba's brother-in-law. Was it Tom Green? Yeah. Tom Green. Yeah, no, I can't. No. Listen. I will I say, can't. though, I will say this. I don't want Tom Green to be the head coach of Michigan, but he was underrated at Indiana. Like, he won, like, two Big Ten championships while at Indiana. I know he didn't make it in, far in the tournament and whatnot like that, but people kind of act like he never won anything at Indiana. He was actually a pretty good coach, and now look what Indiana has. Yeah. Right, that's true. But, but as as far as Amaker, and, and you're right, I want the conversation to end, but I just, in a weird way, there are simil- there would be similarities to me between an Amaker hire and a Juwan Howard hire, just in the sense that I feel like it would be that it it would show a lack of progress. The one one thing Beeline has done did so well, it's weird to say it in the past tense now, but it, uh, did so well, he reestablished an identity in Michigan. Uh, 
and and reestablished a culture, like quote unquote, at Michigan. Uh, to hire somebody like Amaker or even or even Jawan Howard, who was a member of the Fab Five, would show that they aren't content with moving forward. They want to go back to or or try again. Uh, Go, you know, going back to the way things work. Uh, and I don't like that. It was the same way I, I got in arguments with people when the Tigers were looking for a manager and people were saying, give Alan Trammell another try. No, don't. This isn't, this isn't going to end well for anyone. Trust me. And I, I think Tommy Amaker's done an unbelievable job at Harvard. I don't think he's a bad basketball coach, but Michigan is moving forward. And I think in in a weird way, it would kind of be disrespectful to Beeline just to go out and rehire the guy that uh, Beeline well, replaced. Well, uh, you want to talk about a guy who did pretty good where he went also. Why not give Steve stop, Fisher a call? Stop. If we're going to go, go off the rails here, I'm going to end this recording now. Like, we're trying to be a beacon of information have, to the people. And you, got, you guys want to get the fuck around gang back together. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to take a quick break we'll be back to wrap up our final thoughts next on brewcast step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back on Brewcast here, kind of wrapping it up. John Beeline leaving for the Cleveland Cavaliers coaching job so Michigan has a coaching vacancy we we just went over some potential candidates uh Michigan could hire but at, at the end of it all you know what what are some of your guys final thoughts on this to to kind of wrap it all together um uh, I'll go uh I think that I'm still having a hard time kind of placing how I feel about all of it I feel like at some point there will be some sort of John Beeline appreciation podcast or segment or, or what have you. Um, I'm just not ready to do that yet. And that's not that I'm not, it's not that I'm turned off by him or his decision or, or any of that. It's just, it's tough. And it, it felt so abrupt even, and maybe this was just cause I was in the bunker uh, all day kind of cranking stuff out and, you know, between balancing the other job and, and all the other stuff, but it just felt like even the, the quote unquote send off that he's, that he's getting from Michigan. Like I don't feel like it just feels so abrupt. and so rushed. Like it's, it's hard to say. Um, all I can really say is this. 
in terms of what's next for them, Ward Manuel, this mm-hmm. is going to this is going to define him now because I mean he's I don't consider like unless Harbaugh completely flames out, Harbaugh will be there until he either dies or retires from coaching unless he starts going six and six and seven and five, which I don't think will happen. Um, I don't think they have anything to lose in terms of open up the checkbook, put in your, you know, put in your unit here on the table and just going for it, going to get the very best basketball coach that money can possibly buy. Even if you have to overpay a little bit, because I think that the fallback options, like I don't think you're going to be like, um, yes, no, like a, like not, not saying that Mick Cronin is a bad coach, but UCLA totally settled on Mick Cronin. I think if Michigan settles, it will be on Saudi Washington or you Luke Yaklich or maybe Laval Jordan, though. I don't think that that's, I, I don't Laval Jordan. It's, it's sort of a, it's less of a Michigan man type thing than it is. Oh, you know, we're looking for someone to continue what Beeline has done. Um, he probably didn't, I don't want to say he didn't deserve to get hired at Butler, but he didn't do anything at the job he had before that other than being an alum of Butler to be like, Oh, well, this is our next head coach. And he hasn't really taken off there yet. I, I, has it ever worked where it's it, the only reason yeah. is the alum? Like alums have been good coaches at places, you know, and you can say whatever you want about Jim Harbaugh, but he's done good things Jim for Harbaugh Michigan football. The best, the best, most qualified guy they could so have That's gotten. exactly. Thank you. That's exactly it. That the, Both <laughs> things were true. They just happened to be true. Like it, it was a plus that he loves the university and he went to the university. But at the end of the day, Michigan that year – David Cutliffe was not a better coaching candidate than Jim Harbaugh. No, you know, like what Gilbrand thought. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, you have to get someone that is going to keep Michigan at the very least, keep keep Michigan where they are. You said it perfectly, Anthony. Uh, You're pro. It's going to be close to a downgrade. Mate, Brad Stevens might not necessarily be a downgrade from John Beeline. That will be uh, wait to be seen, but. They have to tread water, I guess, right? Like they, they just have to be stay where they are. I mean, guess guess what? Like, like if coach if Coach K retired tomorrow and they replaced him with John Calipari, that's still that's still a downgrade. Like it just right. is because you're talking about right. You know, you're talking about history walking out the door. You don't just replace history. Like this isn't Moneyball where you replace Jason Giambi with. You know, Scott Hatterberg and all these other guys that you hope just get on base. Like it's not, you don't just plug and play. Um, now with that said, I think like Ward Manuel, you have nothing to lose. Take your swing and make people say no. If, and if they say no, I, I'm, I'm interested to see who's on that list that, that he's had in his pocket. Um, if they say no, they say no, but this is why you you put together a search firm. This is why you, um, this is why you put candidates together. This is why you don't rush to name someone an interim head coach. Mm-hmm. I don't care about saving recruiting now. I want, 
you know, because next, like, let's face it, whoever the coach is, it's going to be next year is officially, this is what, this is what bothers me about so many people saying, oh, well, this year was supposed to be a rebuilding year anyways. It was a missed opportunity. Like it was, I, I, regardless of how everything played out, I still think Michigan had a chance to win a national title this year and get one for John Beeline. And if he would have got one on his way out the door and then gone to the NBA, it's almost like the, you know, the cowboy riding off into the sunset and it still is, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's not easy to do. And because John Beeline has made it look so easy because in this state, Tom Izzo has made it look so easy. We take that for granted. Things are not going to be the same without John Beeline. They're just not. Now, if you can go out and replace him with the best basketball coach that money can buy, that's great. (laughs) But that's a consolation prize to me because there's not a better combination of a developer of talent and a better teacher in the entire game of college basketball. It is not easy. And whoever you plug into this job, whether it be, you know, Red Auerbeck's animated corpse, whether it be Brad Stevens, whether it be, uh, you know, Juwan Howard, they will have their work cut out for them. And it's, it's scary. It is, but it's also exciting because it feels with where John Beeline is at in his coaching career and where this roster was headed. This feels like the right time for a soft reboot with everything that we know now, but it's not going to be easy. They have the ability to make a splash higher if one becomes realistic to them. But just need everyone to relax and just let this process play out. It might be Porter Mosier. It might be um, Chris Beard. It might be, you know, I've seen some people throw Mark Few out there as someone they'd like to see. It probably won't be one of the names you want it to be. But whoever it's going to be is going to inherit a hell of a program at a hell of a place to start from. And that's all you can really ask for. Cause that's something they've never had before. Yeah. I guess my, my final thoughts. Um, and you know, I, th- I think we've talked enough about, you know, who could potentially replace them. And then that's kind of been what, what that's been what everyone's been talking about over the last couple hours. But uh, you know, no matter who they get, even if it is the dream hire, um, it's not going to be the same and beeline it struck a nerve in the best way in people. Uh, he connected with a fan base and, and a, and a university in hell, even not even this fan base. I know, I know a lot of people who are fans of other teams uh, who have shown their respect for coach beeline. Uh, and he, he tapped into something that. Uh, a lot of people didn't expect. Um, and I think uh, he, I, I've said this and I'll say it again. It was the best of both worlds with him. Um, respected on the court, loved off of it. Um, and, you know, at some point, like you said, Ant, we're going to have a tons of, or, or tons of, you know, John Beeline appreciation stuff. You know, what was the mo- defining moment of the Beeline era? But the one that I always go back to um was how he handled the Austin Hatch situation. Um, not, you know, saying, hey, we're we're not, you're still on scholarship here. Um, and it, I'm sure there's a lot of people who say, well, most coaches would have done that. No, nah, that's not the case. Uh, Steve Alford doesn't do that. Cal Perry doesn't do that. Um, yeah, it, I think 
they really had something special here. And I think because of the competitive nature of the sport and because of the fact that uh, a program in their own state was, you know, <laughs> was also kicking ass at the same time, uh, we're going to look back and realize we, how good we had it with John Beeline. He was, uh, and still is. I mean, it's he's not dead. He's just, you know, going to the NBA. Uh, he still is uh, one of a kind. And we wish him all the best. He, he was, he was special. I think that's a good place to leave it right there, Chris. Thank you. I think that was, that was, well, I do, I do have one final thing. Oh, um, you blew it, Anthony. Way to go. What? what did I know? <laughs> Just, yeah, Whoa, that, there's, a, there's a drop. Yeah. Um, uh, God. Um, I just want to say like, it's, and I guess the emo- I guess the emotions are somewhat coming now, but um, you know, just very again as as someone who had a chance to not work with John Beeline, but you know, work adjunct to him, or as someone who covered what he did. Um, honestly, just a, a nothing but a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to to work with to. Um, to speak to, uh, I was able to do a one-on-one interview with them. Um, I think it may have been right before they played Louisville uh, in the sweet 16, uh, a few years ago. Um, it was the plane crash here, all that. Um, he was actually not in the best of moods that day. He was on, in a rush to get to practice, but, um, you know, just a total class guy and, and someone that I really do think there, there are quite a few people who sort of take it for granted. Um, you know, the last, the last press conference of the year, uh, at, at Chrysler this year, he, before he walked out of the room, he said, you know, he, he made mention to everyone that, you know, he appreciates all of our hard work. He appreciates the questions, the conversations, the banter. Um, he said something along the lines of, you know, um, hope the food's much better than it's ever been. Cause when I got here, we were just serving you guys, hot dogs, just one of the most thoughtful and, um, you know, for someone who accomplished as much as he did, um, on the court, off the court in the community, what he meant to the program. Like I, I don't, it's going to be incredibly tough to replace that both on the basketball court and what he meant as a guy. I, I don't know if, I don't know where this is headed next, but um, I'm pretty confident that whoever we get, and I hope that they are, but whoever we get here next to speak to and, and all that, I don't know if they'll be as approachable a guy, as you know, witty a guy, as open a guy as the one that a lot of media people have gotten the chance to know over the last, whatever it was, it's been five years for me, but you know, 10 or 12 years for everyone else. So um, just a pleasure, uh, an absolute pleasure. And um I, I look forward to the day that he's welcomed back and the pop that he gets at Chrysler because it, it should be loud and it should be the loudest that building has ever been. Yeah. Like, like Chris said, like you guys just said, you know, no matter what, it's just not going to feel the same without JB on the sidelines, because you just brought up such a good point. Anthony is that John Beeline was just a genuine human being. You know, you don't get, 
guys that are elite like him without being a little bit crazy. And John Beeline was anything but, you know, like he, he was just a genuine human being. He cared for complete strangers like you just mentioned. And it, it's just going to have a different feel moving forward. Michigan might have a ton of success moving forward, but is the person that, you know, takes them to that success if it were to happen? Are they going to be a guy, a, a man with integrity like John Beeline? You know, it, it's just, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, I'm going to miss his, you know, colorful post-game pressers. He always told the truth. He, you know, he never bullshitted. He just, he told it like it was. And very, very sad to see him go. Like I said at the beginning of the pod, man, feels like I lost a loved one today. But we, we <laughs> uh, move he's, forward. He's still very much alive. Yes, um, right. It's just, it's just a, a void. A void has been left. It just had to be Cleveland. <laughs> like it couldn't have been like right. the Sacramento Kings right. or... The New York Knicks, like it was, it's Cleveland, man. It, but but I'm glad he didn't go to the Pistons last year because he didn't deserve the Pistons. Well, they don't oh, you mean no 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 no? I meant he right. he is too good of a coach to be put in him. that type yes. of organization, right? Cor- correct, but also he didn't deserve to have to. That's a put up with that shit. Is what it yeah. was. Yes, um, correct. That's what I meant. Yes. Um. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm not sad. I I am incredibly grateful. Uh, I've said it before on this pod how I, I think as a kid I was more of a Michigan basketball fan. I mind you, as I'm growing up, these were coming out of the scandal era and and some really bad and unmemorable teams. Um, no, I grew up more of a basketball fan than I was a football fan, and to uh, it's not lost on me personally. It might be on some people, but it's not lost on me how special this run was, which is why it bums me out that it, it didn't end in the ultimate hardware. But when we look back on this, like this is the guy who, um, you know, how our dads and our grandpas like would sit us down on our knee and tell us about how great Michigan football was under Bo Schembechler. Like this, this is that guy for, for me personally. So um, just, it's just, it's been an honor, mate. That's all I can really say. Yep. All righty. Chris, let us know where we can find you on social media. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at castellani two o one four. There you'll find the link to my uh, YouTube page as well, the Castellani Losers Club. Tons of activity going on on Twitter, both the, you know with the Beeline news and tons of baseball going on. Uh it's a lot, a lot of content being put out. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please give me a follow on there. You can find me uh, on Snapchat. My Snapchat name is the same as my Twitter handle. And I'm also on Instagram. That's Chris Castle 95. That's C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please follow me on all those platforms. And thanks a lot. Twitter, Anthony, Anthony. T. Broom. Website, Maze and Brew. Website, Twitter, Maze and Brew. Podcast, Twitter. At, uh, what's our ad again? Oh, yeah, at Brewcast Show. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is Brewcast Show. fried. Um, went from having nothing to do NFL-wise to, like, pivoting to Michigan and just frying my brain there, too. So I might need an actual vacation soon. Um, all of our shows and podcasts, wherever you can find them, there's yeah. a place <laughs> that you'd like to listen to it, but it's not there. Let us know. We'll hook it up. 
You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to shoot me a follow, and Anthony lets you know where you can follow our Twitter pages for the show. So we wrap it up for Chris Castellani, for Anthony Broom. I am Luke Giardi. It was a sad but good show here today, and we'll be back next time on Brewcast.